It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anza, yes! Touchdown, we did it! That's right, two hours. Back up to two-hour show here on the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. How you doing? It's a Monday. Backed up to a full two-hour show. And uh, what makes it fun is having you guys along for the ride and helping us get through two hours of content, which we're not short on by any means. Plenty of, to, of different things to get through today. Uh, reactions from the scrimmage on Saturday. Both Jason and I were there. Not many people were, so we were lucky enough to be allowed inside. Uh, we'll hear from Coach Blake Anderson, his observations of scrimmage. Uh, Alfred Edwards III, Daniel Grishik, uh, both of them met with the media uh, afterwards. Um, who won pick six? I mean, uh, the Utah State football team getting votes in the coaches' poll. There's a lot of things to get through here on the show and as always love to get your feedback or your questions on our full court press text line 435-339-0321 to uh to chime in yeah it's really exciting i've been looking forward to this for a little bit as soon as we set this date i was like all right here we go that's when things start and to be honest last week it felt like we didn't we weren't able to get to all the things we wanted to get to felt like we're always like scrunching in that last little bit right before the end of the show and now it's like Oh, dang, we got a whole nother hour to fill. I can actually <laughs> say all these things, you know, because you know, there's a lot of observations from fall scrimmage we can get to. And, you know, all those things you said, there's there's tons of stuff. We're not short of anything on no. a Monday here on the Full Court Press. So when we were, let's start with the scrimmage because, um, you know, weather pushed that uh, scrimmage indoors and fans couldn't go. And I know that Utah State football feels bad about that. Uh, Mother Nature had other plans. But they did allow a couple of us media members in there. weren't a lot of, of outsiders there, so it was it was like a football practice. It was a regular football practice. Uh, they ran through a series of plays, uh, and then uh, there was a little scuffle that broke out. Coach Blake Anderson calls everybody together, huddles up in the middle of the field, chews them out, basically telling everybody, "Hey, look, you got to be careful in here." Uh, we have concrete walls. We don't have a lot of space. You got to be careful. He used a little bit more colorful language than that, but yeah. that was a message. And uh, and then from there on, you know, things were fine. There were a few little pushes and shoves every now and then, but uh, it was it was a spirited scrimmage, and I loved to see it because this is a team with expectations on them, not from the outside, but internally to build off of what they did last year. Yeah, you want to see energy from this team. You want to see that spirit, you know, that competitive fire that does sometimes boil over into fights because these are competitive guys. They hate to lose a play. Sometimes that's where some of these fights came from is somebody kind of lost a play and they got out physical and they want to prove, oh, I'm not weak. And then, you know, sometimes they channel the energy in a slightly wrong way. But then they get it under control and everything's fine again because that happens in literally every camp ever. So you, you do love to see the energy from these guys because that's what they need. 
you know, we've we've had this whole off-season long storyline of, all right, how are they going to repeat? How are they going to repeat? How are they going to repeat? Do it again, do it again, do it again. And energy is where it starts. You know, there's things beyond that, but you want that energy because that's where it starts. It's where it started last year when they flipped this around. They had tons of energy. The coaching staff was fired up, and they got the players fired up, and they got them hungry, and we saw the results. And they're trying to do that again, and they're starting out at least on the right foot in terms of their energy in fall camp and at this scrimmage. Yeah, uh, there were. it's always a challenge for me in these scrimmages because did something happen good because that was just a great play by that particular player or because somebody else on that very same team made a, a little bit of a mistake. And so it's always this battle like, okay, that was a really cool play, but is it cool because someone screwed up? Um, or does it just, you know, he made a great play. And trying to do some evaluations in real time when it's the team against the team can be a bit of a challenge sometimes because eyes are flying all over the place trying to catch all the little nuances that are going on. So invariably, we we miss things. Um, but you and I were there. Uh, several other uh, media guys were there. Jason, I thought you did a great job of kind of capturing the essence of what what went uh, what took place on Saturday in your article on Cash Valley Daily. So if you haven't read that yet, I highly encourage Aggie fans to go check that out. Uh, but I, I think the the overriding message for me was that defensive front is for real for Utah State. Linebacker position still looks pretty strong. Secondary. Couple times they got burned, but couple of times wide receivers just made one heck of a catch, and so this Utah State team is going to be okay. I'm still not entirely sure what the backup running back situation is going to be, and how well Utah State can have a consistent running game, running presence. I think that's still up for observation, especially coming up this Saturday for their next uh, scrimmage, will be Family Fun Day. See, that was one of the bigger surprises for me. Because, you know, with the offensive line, I was just waiting to see, all right, who's there? I have no expectations. Backup running back, we're all thinking John Gentry maybe, or maybe Jordan Wilmore. We have John Gentry number 25 on our list of top 25 Aggies. We presumed he'd be the backup at the time. That was before Jordan Wilmore even showed up. We presumed him being the backup and there being a plan to kind of have a two-running back system, he'd be an impactful player. Well, not only is it not John Gentry, it's not Jordan Wilmore. It's, uh, let's see if I can do this, Pilate Macacona? Hey, that was good. Call him Pilate? Pie-flavored latte? They call him Lake, Lake. for sure. That's what they usually do is they like shorten it to like half their name. Yes. Like the backup center, they call him Pule. That's what Alfred called him um, in like the, the USU media days. Even though I can't pronounce his full name. Anyway, so Makakona, he he was going to do the backup snaps. He was playing the role of the second running back, even getting snaps with the first team, kind of rotating in there, you know, playing with the first and second team. And then I think he was, I think he might have even gotten pulled. Maybe I'm I'm trying to remember. There's only so many things I could I could keep track of, but he was getting those backup snaps. Yeah, which it surprised me because I saw him. I was like, that that's not Gentry. That's not Wilmore. That's this other guy. Yeah, Makakona. So, yeah, and he looked good. He ran physically. Uh, I thought he had a kind of a power run game to him. Yeah. Uh, Gentry did have a good, a good run, and then coughed up the ball. 
Yeah, that was... But what was interesting when that happened, and in fact, Daniel Grishik alludes to this in his uh, post-scrimmage interview, but I saw it with uh, when it happened to Gentry, when he coughed up the ball. I was Calvin Tyler Jr. was standing right in front of me, and we were probably 30 yards from the play. He, like, runs down the sideline to go talk to John and talked about you know, what went wrong, you know, how you could keep your head up, you know, whatever, keep fighting. He, he coaches him up. And then he comes back and he, watch, he watches from the sidelines. And I think that's something that this team has, has been really good at and that being that close in proximity, I saw quite a bit of that. Guys were, were giving each other encouragement, coaching them up, helping them out. Because we saw a lot of those first teams, quote-unquote, skill players on the sidelines for a lot of the scrimmage, but they weren't idle. They were they were talking to some of the other teammates and keeping an eye on what was going on. Yeah, I remember Logan Bonner. I think he was coming off the field. I think he ended up talking to one of the – I can't remember who he was talking to. Um, it it might have been one of the offensive linemen. It might have been one of the receivers. But he was talking to him about, you know, I didn't hear all the details of the conversation, but it was clearly they were communicating about the play that had happened, what they're supposed to do, and, you know, how that play is supposed to go. So they're in there talking, and, you know, that's part of Logan Bonner being a leader. It's not always screaming and yelling and, you know, rah-rah. It's going up, talking to your guy, let's talk this over. Even if the play doesn't go wrong, you still talk and you you communicate because that's part of being a leader. And so, yeah, there was definitely some of that uh, with a lot of the guys just talking to each other. Uh, So your thoughts or questions, I should say, about the scrimmage because you didn't see it maybe you saw uh, a report that had some numbers on it but numbers don't always tell the full story as we talked about last hour but if you have questions about how the scrimmage took place or questions that you had that hopefully we can help answer 435-339-0321 on our full court press text line uh, 9315 texting in this was last hour i think you need to call the janitor and have him on the second hour of the show for his birthday uh we'll just give him a shout out We'll I don't know if the janitor's busy, and I don't. If he's got other duties, but uh, happy birthday to Ajay Salveson. It's his. It's his birthday today. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's gonna get the kids' meal or something. There you go. Uh, Seven nine nine four. Uh, I would like to see some energy. Will you slap Eric? <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Okay. We'll see after the results of the pick six. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, oh, there was another question too that I don't think we got to about um, uh, uh, who was the was there any trash talking or who what what coaches had more energy or had more hype on the sidelines? I you know we talked about that the that whole defensive side, which was a opposite field from us, they were amped the full scrimmage. And uh, coaches were in the middle of it and in the thick of it. So I don't know that I could name names about which coaches were the most hyped because there were a number on the defensive side. Uh, There were a couple of guys on the offensive side who were pretty hyped. Um, Kyle Cephalo, wide receivers coach, he was always going up and down the sideline talking to his guys. Um, So there was was a lot of good energy on the sidelines, I felt, for Utah State. Yeah, there was. Like, these coaches are into it. And, you know, and it's not just screaming to the players when they do something wrong. It's encouragement. You know, all the things the coach has got to do, encouraging the guys, coaching them, you know, yelling, you know, having to yell because he got to 
talk to the guy on the other side of the field, you know, helping them out, getting them through the scrimmage, and helping them continue to learn the system and continue to develop. And they did it with a lot of energy, which, again, I just love to see. I love energetic coaches. I don't want to diss on coaches who are maybe kind of laid back and don't have as much energy because they can still be plenty successful. You know, Bill Belichick doesn't sprint around and scream. Um, but I just love energetic coaches because I feel like it rubs off, especially in the college ranks. Yes. It helps a lot. That's why Craig Smith, you know, he I, I loved him because – you know, it, it felt like his energetic style rubbed off on the team. And I feel like with Blake Anderson, that's probably doing the same. You know, him and his coaching staff, it's rubbing off on this team, and it's just really helping them. It's infectious. Yeah. Uh, 7994 with a follow-up. Who's going to be the playmaker on offense? Uh, I don't know that that can be a singular person. Yeah, it's, it, it is tricky because there's, you know, if you think one playmaker – Playmaker on offense, you think of like a Tyree Kill type where they're all over the place, a Debo Samuel. There's not one of those players on this team. Uh, there just isn't. And I guess Devin Tompkins was probably that last year. Um, and Blake Anderson said multiple times that he doesn't feel like there's going to be the one star wide receiver. There's not going to be a guy with 100 catches or 80 um, you know, or 70. That's not what he said. I'm kind of adding to that. But if there's a guy with more than 60 catches, I'd probably be a bit surprised. I think we'll see a lot of guys in the 40 to 60 range. You know, Cobbs, McGriff, and Van Leeuwen probably in there. Xavier Williams and Terrell, uh, Terrell Vaughn maybe behind them, in, in health depending with some of these cases. Um, so I don't know if there's going to be the one playmaker. It's just going to be can they collectively be a talented group, which I think they can be. I agree, and I think you have to include Calvin Tyler Jr. Yeah, definitely. In that mix. Um, I. I think we're going to see more out of the tight end position this year than we did last year. Granted, it's one scrimmage. They're working on some things, so it's hard to know if it's a true uh, sense of what's going to what the team is going to look like in the fall. But they were definitely using the tight ends in the passing game more in the scrimmage than what we saw traditionally under Coach Blake Anderson at Utah State. Yeah, and last year I think part of it was, you know, as I look back at Carson Terrell, he's a little more of a blocking tight end. Um, that was a little bit what he was better at. Not a very good receiver. <laughs> Excuse me. I had a seizure on, on air. <laughs> I still have those lingering coughs that come out every now and again. Um, but, you know, with Terrell, he, he kind of had hands of stone a little bit. Wasn't the greatest. Wasn't super athletic. But, you know, he was a good blocker, and so that's part of what a tight end does. The guys we have now, it's hard to tell if they have much more athleticism than Terrell did, but they were using him kind of in short yardage situations, kind of possession tight ends, not, you know, dynamic, you know, the Rob Gronkowski's, the uh, Travis Kelsey, that's what I was trying to think of. They don't have one of those, you know, super good receiving tight ends, but they can at least hopefully be somewhat involved in the passing offense as the security blanket. Yeah, I thought uh, Parker Buchanan, the Box Elder High product. I thought that he got involved in several catches and uh, was targeted several times. So it, it, it clearly looked like they were doing some things to get the tight end position involved a little bit more in the offense, at least in the passing game. Yeah, and one thing to note is that Brock Lane was not playing. He was on the sidelines wearing his jersey and a, and a pair of shorts. So, you know, he has like a minor injury, um, which you'll hear Blake Andrews talk a little about, where they had a few minor injuries. And so they kind of held some guys out. So Lane figures to be probably one of the top two tight ends. Him or Sturzer, Buchanan's kind of the third guy, 
maybe could fight his way up to the top, but it's hard to say definitively who the tight ends are because one of them was out. Right. That's true. So let's do this. Let's hear from what uh, Coach Blake Anderson had to say about the scrimmage on uh, on Saturday. Now, this was um, an opportunity that really was only given to the media to see. Uh, the general public, unfortunately, not able to be there in person because of the weather. So uh, we've given you our observations. But what were the coaches' observations? Blake Anderson met with the media scrum afterwards. Here's what he had to say. Hated to come inside, but obviously with the rain and some lightning in the area, it just made sense to, to get in and didn't look like it was going to get much better later this afternoon. So we, um, being inside didn't, wasn't what we wanted, but I thought we got a good practice in. Uh, otherwise, uh, we were able to, I think, for the most part, get out of it clean. Didn't see any big significant injuries that, that jumped out. So I feel good about that. And, um, you know, kind of first step. Energy was really, really good. I don't think the execution was not great, but as expected, we got a lot of young guys, new guys that are trying to find their way. And I think this could be really good film for us to teach off and try to take, a, take some improvement steps over the next week. What questions do you have? How's just the week been? Has it, has it been as you expected? Yeah, it's been good. We had, um, we had good, solid work days every day. We pushed them. It was hard. We high volume sprinting and running. I think the, the heat helped us a little bit. They got a good dose of it. Uh, but uh, it's it's been a good, solid first week of camp, considering um, you know a lot of these guys have learned this for the first time. Any newcomers jumping out at you this quick? Um. You know, just a couple guys that showed up today. I thought uh, Ike Larson showed up in some areas. It was good to see Ziggy. Um, uh, Xavier Williams make some big catches to go in addition to some of the guys we already talked about in the spring. Um, John Ward, the transfer from UCLA, stood out some more today. Good reps for him. There's probably a handful more that, that just off the top of my head. Uh, we've seen good reps from both the running backs that are here. Nothing huge today, but they've had a solid week. So we'll see. Tape will tell us a lot. Coach says a true freshman looks like he's running on the offensive line to start with with those guys. Oh, yeah, Waylon. Well, he was here in the spring, so he he graduated early and had a great spring, and right now he he makes us better. So he's he's battling and wants to be in there, and he does not act like a freshman. He definitely doesn't play like one. Could very easily be our starting right guard when uh, when we play in a few weeks. How deep do you feel like you're getting at that offensive If we're healthy, I think we've got a little bit more depth than we did a year ago. We are a little beat up right now, but we should get those guys back in the next week and a week and a half. Um, I think we added just a tad bit of depth, and, and a guy like Waylon that you know, typically wouldn't come in and plug in uh, is already doing so. That, that helps in a, in a big way. Coach Anderson, how, how encouraged were you by the pass rush today, especially in the second half of scrimmage? And you also shored up the run defense as well. Yeah, the defense stood out. They had a rough day a couple days ago. We challenged them, and they came back in the, in the right with the right attitude. We all knew Byron could rush the passer. Daniel has done a phenomenal job on the other side. And we're starting to see rush from other guys. It's not just those two. Um, I thought, you know, really collectively, that group's energy got better and better and better as the day went on. We were worried about what we would lose with both Marcus and um, Nick in that aspect. Both were really, really high-energy pass rushers, and it looks different, but we're getting that same energy out of Daniel and some of the other guys, Turbo and Cassie, and we're getting it collectively across the group. We need it. I mean, we need some big shoes to fill with guys that graduated. I didn't notice Patrick Joyner out there. Is he just sitting out this week? He's uh, he's been dinged up all week. Hamstring pull, tried to go 
tried to go a couple days ago and up into his low back and hamstring. So I would like to think we'll have him back by Monday, but it, it may be later in the week. Hopefully next week he's going live. We're hoping to have uh, KK and Dom Tatum both going live next week as well. Brock Lane should be back. So a lot of the guys you saw over in the pit, none of those are extensive long-term injuries, but for now it would be really risky to throw them out. Coach Levi took a lot of snaps today. Yeah. Was that just getting him more comfortable with the offense? Or? Yeah, well, we, we got what we wanted to out of Logan early, and then we limited him. He's had a great week uh, considering coming off an ACL in the bowl game. That's pretty quick turnaround. We're probably six, seven months, I guess, for him, which is really, really early. We got what we wanted, and we wanted to make sure he and Coop, uh, both Levi and Coop, got great reps, and he showed his feet. He showed some good deep balls. He's getting better every day. There's a lot to ask of him. Uh, Coop's got a great foundation for what we do, understands it like a coach. This is really, really impactful. These, this three-week period for Levi to settle in and understand what we're doing, I, I think he's, he's showing as much proven as anybody. Coach, the tight end group, it looked it seemed like they got more runs and more balls like thrown to them than, than I've seen in the past. Is that been an emphasis this fall, to, or is that kind of just what the reads were showing? Yeah, I think it's just we want to use those guys as much as we can. And if you think back to some of the big, big critical plays throughout the course of the year, tight end stepped up big. You know, we're trying to keep them implemented, and all of them have shown really fairly good versatility. Uh, Ron brings kind of a presence, a big body presence that we haven't had. And uh, we, we didn't have Brock today, but Sturz and, and Parker both had good snaps too. So um, I think it's one of those positions you don't hear a lot about, but when they make a play, it's normally at a very critical time, and they've been really effective. Looks like Connor had a pretty good game, Hunter Reynolds. Um, what have you seen from him this this fall so far as he steps into sort of a look? Uh, Hunter, to me, is one of those one of those everyday leaders. He's exactly where he's supposed to be, exactly when he's supposed to be there, uh, both on and off the field, brings a presence about him. Uh, I don't know that he's the most dynamic guy, but he may be the most consistent guy. And, and that's what, when you ask what you get, you get consistency. Every single day, every practice, every rep is, uh, is like having a coach on the field. And, I think he calms the group down in a lot of ways. There were, um, I mean, obviously you got a lot of explosive plays out of your wide receiver group last year, and, and a lot of ones early, early in this yeah. series today. So, uh, how, how much was that just kind of a point of emphasis to go out there and uh, and have some of these guys show that they can make those dynamic plays? Well, you, you lose 30 plus touchdowns, and I don't know how many catches a bunch. So that was a big concern in recruiting, a big concern in spring. Obviously, today we're starting to see. Uh, you know, the, the guys that we brought in, Cobb, Tyrell, Xavier, some of the young guys starting to step in. We've added a couple guys over the course of the summer that it may look different than DT making, a, you know, 100 catches. Brand, you know, Derek Wright, it may look different than those guys, but as a group, there's a lot of different pieces that can be explosive. We're maybe even a little bit bigger. I think Justin McGriff has had a phenomenal spring and has carried right into fall camp. Uh, I was really pleased to see how many different guys made plays. Uh, protection broke down a little bit later, and we I thought we had some more opportunities down the field that we didn't get to. Hopefully we can get that old line settled in this week and, and we're able to hold the ball a little bit longer and push the ball downfield a little bit. But I'm pleased with the group, and I do believe we're going to be you know, we're gonna be a matchup problem for people just in different ways maybe than we were a year ago. That's always exciting when the coach ends saying we're going to be a matchup problem for opponents in ways that we weren't last year, which they were pretty fun and dynamic last year. And they're just going to build on that. Yeah, there are kind of a lot of underdogs making plays that you wouldn't expect them to. I mean, case in point was Devin Tompkins. 
You wouldn't think the five seven kids the matchup problem, but <laughs> he kind of was. But now they they have some real potential matchup problems. Yes, yes, they do. So interesting observations there from uh, from Coach Anderson about scrimmage. If uh, you've got questions or reactions to what he had to say, feel free to chime in on our full court press text line four three five three three nine zero three two one. Um, and um, trying to go through, you said there was a text that came. Yeah, through. it was so it was nine three one five. It wasn't his most recent text. He asked if uh, they say if anyone is going to be held out in the next scrimmage. And because I was talking about some of the injuries, some of the guys who missed it, Dominic Tatum wasn't there, Cole Motes wasn't there, Patrick Joyner, he was specifically mentioned in the in the interview. Um, and then Dominic one, Tatum. Yeah, there's I mentioned him. There's one other guy I think um, who was out. Like, maybe that was Brock Lane. That I was thinking of, but basically, you know, talk about how they seem to be minor injuries, and he's hoping, you know, he was specifically talking about Patrick Joyner, hoping that he has them, you know, by next week, by today, probably he was hoping, and hopefully by the next scrimmage. So Anderson's, it seemed like his hope was that nobody will be held out, because um, they all seem like minor enough injuries, and the ones where they're pulling him in this past scrimmage seem to be more precautionary. Right. So yeah, hopefully by this next scrimmage they'll be able to play. Maybe they won't, and that may just be more precautions wanting to have them ready uh, for game one. Which, you know, guys like Dominic Tatum and, and Patrick Joyner, they've been in the system. The main reps they need will be kind of in a practice. They can probably be limited in practice, just get some reps to get themselves warmed up. They don't necessarily need the reps that maybe a Brock Lane does or some of these other guys who haven't played as much um, as Joyner and Tatum have. Yeah, great points. So uh, we'll hear from the players' perspective coming up in a little bit. Uh, Alfred Edwards III, that there's some changes on that offensive line. What is he seeing there? He is kind of an elder statesman of this Utah State football team. Uh, and um, uh, Daniel Grishik, who is a newcomer to this football team, different perspectives. And how does he see this this football team and how they run their fall camp compared to where he was before at Nevada? Yeah, lots of good stuff from Grishik. Really fun interview. Really energetic, <laughs> moving all around. You won't be able to hear that on the audio, but uh, you know he was—he's out there moving a lot. Yes, he is. He's an animated guy. So we'll hear from them coming up. Uh, we'll also look at the uh, coaches' poll. Top twenty-five poll is out for the season. The preseason poll. Uh, Utah State and a few other Mountain West schools getting votes. So where does that effectively rank the Aggies? We'll look at that. Uh, and results of our pick six. It's all ahead here on the Full Court Press uh, in about four minutes from now. Uh, Mountain West Motor, is uh, it's got a lot of different variety of trucks and SUVs on their lot at 615 North Main in Logan. And every truck and SUV there is unique, and it's been customized so you'll be ready for your next adventure. Uh, you'll be equipped with all the right gear, traction boards, rooftop tents, racks, outdoor jacks, and more. Go check them out. All new, now open, 615 North Main in Logan, or check them out online, mwmotor.com. Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. I'm Lance Zollinger, and I'm excited to announce Cash Valley Bank is now open inside Stokes Marketplace. If you're an existing customer, you'll love the convenience. If you're not a customer, we'd love to have you open a new account with us, or even talk with us about a loan for your farmer business. Cash Valley Bank, a community bank where decisions are still made locally. Now open in Preston. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC.
Why buy from Daryl's? We have a warranty department dedicated to handle all the nitty-gritty details so you don't have to. Hi, I'm Jesse, the warranty manager at Daryl's. When you buy from us, you'll have peace of mind. Remember to ask about Daryl's exclusive, risk-free, extended warranty on your new appliance. Daryl's, West on Airport Road, open till 6 on weekdays, 5 p.m. on Saturday. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. Monday, August 22nd, come help ignite the light with Alex Boyer as he performs a free concert at the Cache County Fairgrounds, bringing positive support to suicide prevention. Suicide affects all walks of life, backgrounds, and age demographics. Join Alex Boyer Monday, August 22nd for a free concert bringing attention to suicide prevention and a new national suicide and crisis lifeline. 988. If you think you may need help or just want to talk with someone, call 988. Donations of any size are accepted and welcome to help make this event possible. Go to Cache CashValleyIgniteTheLight.com for concert details and donation information. The outpouring of support for this event last year was unbelievable. Business and individual donations are vital for the 2022 event. Join Alex Boyer at the Cash County Fairgrounds Monday, August 22nd for a free concert bringing attention and positive support to suicide prevention. Donations of any size are accepted and welcome. Go to CashValleyIgniteTheLight.com for concert details and donation information. That's CashValleyIgniteTheLight.com. And thank you for making this event possible. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cash Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan. Go to cashvalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. This is Ryan at My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. S.E. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. People from St. George to Rexburg drive to Logan to shop Utah's oldest jewelry store. And one major reason is price. When diamonds are compared up and down the Wasatch Front, S.E. Needham's is as lower or lower than any store in the state. We compete with any 50 to 70% off sales, student discounts, or so-called wholesale prices. So when it's time for an engagement ring, come to the store where Utah gets engaged. Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Napa Auto Parts is stocked up on the things you need. They're locations between Preston and Providence like getting a $20 rebate on the purchase of a Legend Automotive battery or starter or alternator 
Napa Auto Parts. So we heard Coach Anderson kind of give his thoughts about the fall scrimmage. Uh, your reactions to what he had to say, love to hear from you on our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. Uh, asks, was the janitor at the scrimmage, or is he so big he can ask about situational punting? Um, I did not see Ajay there. I don't know where he was. Yeah, most he might have been. There's a little upper part. Um, that's where a lot of the video and some of the uh, media relations guys were. Guys, a lot of them were keeping stats. That's where we get stats from is usually the, the media relations guys do a really good job of tracking every play. So I don't know. I didn't. He wasn't on the field with us. He wasn't available in the post, uh, post-scrimmage media scrum, so I don't know. There, there was no situational punting at the scrimmage. <laughs> the kicking game was not, not easy to do. Um, most good kickoffs hit the supports on the ceiling. And every decent punt also hit the supports on the ceiling. They could not do kickoffs and punts. Yeah. Uh, they went through the motions, mostly for, you know, the... Blocking and protection schemes. Yeah, and the then kicker. also, you know, getting down the, the gunners on the punting, punt team and then the kick coverage team. Going through the motions for them, even though the returners were not returning the ball or even catching it. No. A little hard to do in that indoor facility. Uh, but let's keep rolling on here and finding out uh, the player perspective. We heard the coach. What about the players? How did they feel about how things went on Saturday? Alfred Edwards, um, guy's been starting since he was a redshirt freshman, and he's on a new number of watch lists, and deservedly so. Great player for Utah State on the offensive line, and uh, he met with the media after scrimmage to kind of share his thoughts about how things went on Saturday. Uh, we started off really good, got a couple of big plays, and then we kind of got, after that, after that break, I thought we really got flat, uh, and we just couldn't uh, bring that energy back uh, from the beginning. So it's really just focused on uh, not getting too high and not getting too low. We really just got to stay in the middle and, uh, you know, keep, that, uh, keep our energy up, move on to the next play if we mess up one play. So, yeah, so we just got to work on the little things and details. You saw a freshman in the starting lineup with Waylon. Uh, what have you seen from him so far, just of what he's, you know, how long he's been on campus? Uh, Waylon, uh, he's been amazing since he's been on, been on campus. Uh, he's probably one of the best freshmen that I've freshmen that I've been around. He's a really strong kid, great frame. Uh, he came in, learned the offense really well. So now it's just you know getting him reps, and uh, once he gets all the reps he needs, then he's going to be a really special player. Alfred, I believe you played as a freshman a lot, right? Well, I registered in my freshman year, and then as a registered freshman, I played. You know. So, kind of, what was it like for you know, starting basically your, you know, after that registered year, like, what was it like starting that first year? Uh, you know, I, it was weird because my first game we were playing on Michigan State. I, you know, I thought I was going to be really nervous and stuff, but no, nah, I was I was like, okay, this is football. You know, went on the field, first couple plays, you know. Just got a couple hits in, and I was like, oh, it's just football. So, you know, even with Waylon, you know, uh, just tell him that, I just tell him that, you know, just remember that it's still football. You know, it's still a game. You got to have fun with it. Don't think you just have to have all this pressure on yourself because, you know, everybody's going to mess up every once in a while. So that's the important thing for freshmen. Don't get too down on yourself and uh, just keep playing. Keep playing hard. You've got several guys back from last year that have seen a lot of time. Uh, talk about how important that is going from one year to the next, the experience. 
Well, we got a lot of guys in the, in the offensive room in general that played a lot of snaps, and that's good for our younger guys that are trying to fill out the spots that we've lost. So it's important for us, the older guys, to lead them, show them the way, show them how we play, and, uh, yeah, just really give them, a, give them a glimpse of what they should, uh, should try to strive to be. This year, your offense, I know one thing the coaches mentioned a little bit is short yardage running plays. You've got to convert those plays more and more. Have you felt that? Has there been something you've tried to work on to get more tough on those shorter yardage plays offered? Oh, yeah, we definitely, especially as an offensive line, you know, that's that's our area. So, you know, we just, we our big focus this spring and this fall is finishing blocks. You know, uh, we, we popped a lot of eight, uh, nine-yard runs, but... We've, we've seen that we, when we don't finish blocks, we get the eight, nine yard runs. But we feel like if we finish, we can get the, the 20s and the 30s and the 40s. So that's really been a main point for us, especially in short yardage situations. Alfred, how fun is that challenge going up against such talented DNs in practice every day with Daniel and Byron? Uh, well, Daniel and Byron, they're so, they're so different in their, uh, in their pass rush moves and their builds that it really forces me and uh, Jacob to uh, have great technique. You know, they really stress our technique. And that's, uh, you know, in the Mountain West, I feel like we won't see much better DNs than those two, to be honest. So it's really good for us to get those looks. What have you seen from, like, the, the kind of the second team guys, the depth behind you guys? Uh, we had a lot of freshmen that are stepping up, man. Uh, and some older guys too. We have guys that played in games that are in currently in our twos. So that's you know that experience still being in the twos is still you know really good for us. And we have some freshmen that stepped up, learning the playbook good, and we got some guys with good frames. So I'm really excited for them. Alfred, you've been around for a long time. You're kind of the senior statesman of the team. Breaking, you're going to break school records for most games played. Played probably. Uh, how how much pride you take in? Uh, just uh, lead, leading this group, providing that leadership, and uh, you know helping some of those young guys out. I'm very proud to be at Utah State. You know, there's a lot of a lot of good times and a lot of bad times, but I just felt like this was my home. Uh, I didn't want to leave. I love the community. I love the guys here. You know, it's really, you know, we break on family almost every day after practice, and we really mean that. So it's truly a family atmosphere here. So that's what's really kept me here, and uh, I'm proud that I stayed. For Alfred, I uh, so we talked about Waylon stepping in uh, to guard, but you know Wade, he's kind of stepping in too. He's played some, but this is kind of his first you know, time starting. And what have you seen from him so far? Uh, Wade hasn't necessarily been a starter, but he's still a vet guy. He's been here a long time. He's the old man in the room. He's like I think 25, 26. So, you know, he's uh, somebody was saying yesterday that he's really the adult of the room. You know, <laughs> he's really like one of the most professional guys we have. So. Uh, he's he's really a vet guy, and uh, I'm happy to be playing next to him. What what's your advice to the younger guys headed into this first game? Uh, I, like I said earlier, just have fun. Remember, it's just football, man. Uh, there's going to be a lot more details involved in high school, obviously, but at the end of the day, it's football. So there's Alfred Edwards. Uh, I love talking to that guy. He's he is a massive human being. So like six foot seven. Yeah, that's what the list is. Six, six seven, a little over three hundred pounds, maybe a little under. I can't remember, but big kid. Big kid. Yes, uh, great person to have as your left tackle, and he deserves all the preseason accolades that he's been receiving. He so, does. Interesting to hear his perspective of uh, how things are rolling on that offensive line. Uh, we've been, we got some new, we got a new open 
for the show and we had some new liners that are talking about our phone number. And, you know, people rarely ever call the station, but we, we do have a call that's come through. Uh, Sanjay Albertson is calling in, has some questions. <laughs> What's on your What's on your mind, Sanjay? Uh, hi, hi, uh, uh, new time fan, new time listener. Love you guys, um, especially Jason. Jason does such a good job. We all well, love Jason. Thank you. <laughs> um, yes, uh, I, I have a couple quick questions. Uh, you were talking about the tight ends, uh, both Sturzer and Lane. I was wondering how they might be used in the passing game. I know Coach is not a uh, underneath center play action kind of a guy, and have your you know, quarterback and tight end roll out to the same side. So will that be used in shotgun formation, and will those tight ends be uh, coming out of a three-point stance or a two-point stance and just, and just I mean, run like a, a route from the slot position? Or what do you guys think on that? Just going off memory, um, I'd probably have to go back and look and see if the tight ends ever lined up in a two-point stance. I don't remember them. I think he usually runs them from a three-point stance. Um, but obviously teams will have a lot of formations. Kind of like what I was saying earlier, I think they're going to be used a lot more in short yardage as kind of safety blanket underneath the routes, not too much down the field. They could run routes over the middle. We saw one in the spring scrimmage. Um, the Missouri State transfer, he caught one over the middle and actually broke a big 35-yard gain. In the spring scrimmage or yeah, the fall or scrimmage? Sorry, the fall scrimmage, excuse me. Um, so they have some of those plays you know, in the book. Yeah. But I think, you know, pretty much all of the other passes to the tight ends were three or four yard routes, those kind of short yardage things when maybe some of the other things aren't open. We'll see if they expand the tight end role, but so far that seems to be the tight end's role right now is kind of short yardage stuff. Well, and it was I was excited just to see him part of the offense. Yeah, finally catching passes. Throwing a ball in their direction. That was that was good. <laughs> and I I like the, the the there's some youth and inexperience there, but I like where it's heading with the tight end position in yeah. this offense. And I'd like to see Lane out there because I'm curious. He seems like a fairly athletic kid. Um, he's a little new to the tight end position. Um, but I want I want to see him out there because there's not a ton of athleticism in the tight end position right now. But maybe maybe he can add some and maybe that will – maybe they're willing to run him on some more, you know, more dynamic routes, for lack of a better term. And I know you guys were talking about the offensive line, and you guys just had Alfred Edwards on. Um, but well, do you guys still are you as concerned as I am about that offensive line depth? Um, do you feel like they filled in that right and left guard position okay, or where do you guys sit on your concern and worry about them? If Waylon is capable of starting, I'll feel a lot more comfortable about the depth. Um, if he's kind of a stopgap option, I think there is some worry. Because, yeah, there's only one guy on this team who's really played any guard at all. Mm. And so if some of these guys, you know, if Waylon or if maybe one of the tackles they're maybe planning on moving in, if they aren't as good a guard, then that's going to be a huge concern all year is, you know, having a functioning interior offensive line, which can wreck everything, especially yeah. the run game. But, but the defensive pressures <coughs> that were causing havoc, they – yeah, it made things tough for the run game, but I thought most of the time that a quarterback was touched was coming off the edges. Yeah, for mm-hmm. talking about this fall scrimmage? Yeah, the scrimmage that yeah. just happened. Yeah, that is true because, yeah, Grishik was just causing havoc all over the place. Yeah, and Vaughn's was – he had a nice day himself, yeah, too. Yeah, he wasn't quiet, no. Mm-hmm. And I think, the bigger, I think the bigger question of the day, though, is 
What are your plans for your birthday today, Sanjay um, Robertson? So I, well, here is part of my problem. I killed a sheep on my way to Garden City. I killed a sheep. I killed an animal for the first time in my life with my car. And I'm not sure how to react to that. So wow. if our listeners could text in about how you handle a dead animal that you just killed with your car, that would be great. And then uh, I'll be listening. <laughs> Sounds like you're going to have lamb chops for your birthday. I mean, okay. uh, oh. <laughs> you know, I, phone's cutting out. Can't hear you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Don't me to say it louder. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, miss you guys. You guys are doing an absolute heck of a job. Love your coverage on the Aggies. No one does it better. I look forward to uh, hearing more of it here throughout the season. Happy birthday. Happy All birthday. Right, Sheep killer. <laughs> uh, yes, it's uh, Ajay's birthday. People should say happy birthday if you uh, follow him on the social media. Give him a shout out. Uh, 9315 is appreciative of Salverson. <laughs> Thanks calling for calling in, in Salverson. <laughs> All right, we got to take a time out here on the Full Court Press. When we come back, Daniel Grishik, you will love listening to Daniel Grishik. He's an animated guy. What you don't hear is how much he moves around and uses his hands when he's speaking. Uh, but uh, we'll hear from his perspective and point of view on the defense from the scrimmage. That's coming up next on the Full Court Press. For the second year in a row, Advanced Heating and AC is honored to be named Gold Medalist for Best of Northern Utah in the AC and HVAC category. They thank you for your support and vote of confidence in their company. You have many choices when it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning system. Make sure you choose the gold medal winning company, Advanced Heating and AC. Call 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI online at advancedheating-ac.com. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor, inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main in Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity, discover animals from around the world, and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco. More to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. Online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands. Golden Spike Electric and Generac, power you can count on. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. Your team's in the locker room ready to get out there and play to win, but you see a player you don't recognize. They're wearing your jersey and even know your coach's name, but who are they? Would you let this stranger look at your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing attacks work. In 2020, the number of phishing attacks against businesses doubled compared to the previous year. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at lesolson.com. 
How many years has it been since you were married? One year? Ten years? Longer? This is Jarek from Jarek's Fine Jewelry. No matter how many years it's been, you always remember just how you felt. Show her you love her all over again with something special from Jarek's. We can help you surprise her or bring her in and you can pick it out together. Maybe it's restyling the old ring or upgrading to a larger diamond that she just may have hinted about. No matter how many years it's been, let us help make it special on your anniversary. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. Since 1926, our family has been proud to serve the people of Utah. During our 96th anniversary sales event at Murdoch GMC Chevrolet Buick and Cadillac of Logan, we've got the lineup to get you anywhere with confidence. Drive home a new Sierra, Acadia, or Yukon with 0% for 36 months. When you walk through our doors, you feel like family. At Murdoch Chevrolet Buick GMC and Cadillac of Logan or online at MurdochChevroletLogan.com. We are professional grade. Call 866-628-3065 or see dealer for complete details. Offer expires 831-22. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric France and Jason Walker recapping what happened at the scrimmage on Saturday for Utah State football. We heard from the coach. We heard from Alfred Edwards on the offensive line. But what about the defensive perspective? Nevada transfer Daniel Grishik had a heck of a scrimmage. Started off a little shaky. Actually, before the uh, the blown coverage on the option play, he actually looked like he got hit in the stomach. Had to go out. Things kind of stopped down for a minute to get him off the field. Not kind of worried a little bit there, but he came back and he had an impactful day. And so he met with the media afterwards. This is Daniel Grishik recapping what he saw at the scrimmage on Saturday. So, I'll tell y'all a story. On Wednesday, we came out in practice, and they said we was looking soft. It was our first day in full pass. We was live. Coach A said we was looking soft. We was in hitting. People was getting bucked up. It was running for five yards. So he challenged us to come out here today and really turn it up. So I feel like we turned up. We made some mistakes. I made some two big mistakes, the uh, long Levi run, but – it is what it is. We came out here turned up. I'm happy with how we played. Then you had a couple of uh, sacks, credited as sacks, at a pass knockdown. Just you said you made some great plays. Any others that kind of stand out to you and the effort that you had today? Um, really, sacks. You know that's what I do on pass rush. I love sacks. Um, but really, it's not about me. It's about my teammates. When I see Halle making a big play in the backfield, Byron making a sack, that's what brings joy to me. So my plays is cool, but. If I can make my teammates, help my teammates make plays, it makes me very happy. The back end, the linebackers, the corners, we had some picks. It's all good. I love my team. So you mentioned giving up the big run. Like As far as like working on your run defense, how much have you been trying to work on that this, this fall camp? Oh, I've been working on my run defense a lot. It's really just an eye thing because they didn't even block me. It was an uh, option, so they was reading me. And Levi took it. And I'm so used to just tagging up on the, tagging up on the quarterback. But Levi took it. He ran for the big yard. It's on me. I'm going to get it back. As long as it happened here, not the game, it's all good. It did seem like, though, after you had your bigger break today, that the defense really came back more animated, yelling, making different plays. Did you guys even reestablish or try to do that even more second half today? Well, yeah, we we all came together. We was like, hey, we all say, Coach Bonnet comes in the huddle just like this. Say, hey, keep your hands on their necks. Let's choke them, choke the air, don't let them breathe. So that's what we do. We just trying to put people's foot on their neck. So when UConn come, keep their foot on their neck. Just like that. Daniel, what's it like facing in practice like three different quarterbacks that are capable of running the offense and all have different play styles? What's it like to try to 
to defend against those guys? It's real hard, but it's good because when we come to the game, we're going to play Bryce Young, UConn. I know they got a running quarterback. We're going to play some pocket passers. So Logan is more of a pocket passer. I'm going to dime you up. Levi's going to take it. Coop could do both. So, I mean, it's good. You see what happened today. Logan throwing bombs. Levi taking it and running. Coop dying us up. So it's all good. Can I ask about the just the just the group, the defensive line? It seems like you guys are pretty deep. The when the, the second guys come in, they're still making plays. Just kind of your assessments on just your guys' room. Well, our D line, I love my D line. We so when I got here in January, you know, we was close, but I feel like me, Byron, our front the ones, we got a real tight bond. Like we'd be at each other's house, we'd be playing around, boxing. But the tools, they start realizing that the tools are like, okay, y'all getting extra work, I'm gonna get extra work too. So that just all came together, and we all uh, bring uh, each other up. And yeah, we see how we perform, so it's a good thing. Okay, anything else? Is this different, this camp that you're going through here with the new coaching staff than what you've been through before? Oh, yeah, it is different. It is very different. Uh, coach Norville, my old coach at Colorado State, it was a cool camp, very cool. But this is different, though. I can feel the energy is very different. I remember last year, we have energy three, four days, come out, and then we drive. Five, day six, day seven, we come out dry. Here, we may have one dry day, but then you come out and you see what we do. So it's different. I love it. I love both places, but I like it here for sure. Why do you think it's different? Like, what, what, what call is, what makes this team more consistently high energy to you? Um, I just feel like we hold each other accountable. Like, if I miss the tackle, I'm going to come back to the sideline. They're going to be like, hey, look, you missed the tackle. Coach Devine going to be like, look, forget the next play, keep playing. I feel like at Nevada, when I messed up, it's like, oh, you, what are you doing? Come on, this and that. Now I got that in my head. But up here, it's like I could just keep going. Like, like I messed up on the run, came back, I made two plays. So that's what that's what football is. Like, I can't be perfect all the time. So yeah, that's why it's cool here. So. What type of energy and intensity is the defense going to bring into the UConn game? Oh, man. I, don't even, I ain't even going to speak on that. What we did today, just that's a little sneak peek. That's just a little sneak peek, what we did today. But just know, we, we come in. We coming hard for sure. D-line coming hard, front seven coming hard, back end coming hard for sure. That's uh, Daniel Grishik. He is a very animated guy. He, uh, what you miss out there is he, he had a lot of body movements and moving his arms around. You can almost hear him moving his body around yeah, just, the way, just the way he talks. That's true. But he's a nice addition for Utah State. Yeah, made that little mistake early, but didn't let him get him down. He came back and made a lot of other great plays for USU. Yeah, and he definitely owned it. So it's something that he knows he needs to work on and, and be watchful for. And it's something he'll face a lot this season with some mobile quarterbacks that will run read option plays. Yeah, it's true. Uh, last real minute here before we let you go of the t- coaches' top 25 poll, preseason poll, out today. Utah State received 12 votes in the poll, which effectively put them tied for 38th. Tied with Air Force. Yep. Interestingly enough. Yeah, there's, and ahead of Boise State, actually. Yes. Boise State was tied for 40th with Appalachian State. Uh, they had 10 votes or points, whatever they are. I feel like they're technically points, not votes. But BYU, 152, which basically put them at number 28. Um, also, other Mountain West teams, San Diego State, Fresno State, got 25 and 21 votes, respectively. That would be 34th and 35th. Effectively, so a number of Mountain West schools getting votes, but stands out to me Utah State getting more respect from the coaches than they got within their own conference. Yes, it's certainly interesting, and I was kind of surprised to see Utah State when you when you mentioned that they were they received votes. I was like, really? Um, So it's interesting that there is some respect. There's some people that feel like Utah State still in the top 25 ended at 24th last season. 
Uh, but now I guess they're they're feeling they're somewhere in that 35 to 45 is probably where most people are putting them. Great recognition for USU and uh, fuel for the fire, right? Got to still go prove some people wrong. Hey, thanks for tuning in for the two-hour show. We'll be back again and do it all tomorrow.